and I was learning so much and just enjoying my high school experience, I think way more than if I had stayed on the traditional high school route. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So I am very excited today uh, because we get to talk about one of my all-time favorite kinds of school on Learning Unboxed, and that is fully applied, hands-on, roll up your sleeves, in the weeds, in the mud, in other things that we'll talk about. Today, we're talking about zoo schools. So these amazing partnerships between schools and school districts, career techs, and these amazing facilities that are around the country. And there are a few of them. Um, our guests are going to talk about that a little bit. But zoo schools are one of those things that are part of my backstory and um, sort of passion for me. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, as we go along. And joining me today is a veteran science educator, uh, Emily Cunningham, who has taught high school and community college and then found herself in 2012 as a lab instructor for the zoo school program through the Delaware Area Career Tech Center. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. And joining us is one of the students, which is a very special treat for us, one of the students um, in the program at the zoo school, a senior, in fact, Erin um, Murray. So Erin, thank you for joining us. Yeah, great to be here. So I want to get started, Emily, with most of these programs. And as I alluded, there aren't very many of them, despite how many amazing zoos and aquariums that there are around the country. You would think that there would be more of these amazing inter integrated and interactive programs, but there aren't. They tend to be a partnership between organizations. So share with our listeners a little bit about the organizations that came together to make the Columbus Zoo School possible. Right. So as you said, I've been the lab instructor, the coordinator for the zoo school program at the Columbus Zoo since 2012. The program has actually been around since about 2006. So when they first began the partnership and kind of set up the program, I wasn't around, but I've heard quite a bit about it. And from what I know, it took a lot of people and a lot of meetings, and it was maybe like a two or three year process. It might be, um, you know, why more zoos don't have these kind of programs. It's just a lot logistically to set it up, um, especially if you want to make it a public school option is prior to 2006, they still had zoo school at the Columbus Zoo, but it was a public school kind of tuition, sorry, a private school tuition option. And then they decided they wanted to partner up with DACC, the Delaware Area Career Center. And, you know, everything from curriculum to funding to how is this going to work to what students are eligible. It's a lot of planning, a lot of background work before it can get up and running. But now we kind of have it down. The mm -hmm. partnership is for pretty smoothly. DACC obviously is the school end of it. So all of our students are students of that career tech center, in addition to being students at their home high schools. 
but the zoo provides us with the space, the zoo, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a space, but really the entire zoo is our classroom. Um, And they're generous enough that their animal care staff, you know, mentor our students and help them with all their different projects. And then everything on the school end in terms of the credits and the grades and the transcripts and all that is with DACC. And I'm in the middle. And so I work with organizations and have like two bosses and two sets of administrations. And that was one of the hardest things when I actually started the job. I would say it took a good year to learn, you know, all the different people at both organizations and who I was supposed to ask when I had different questions about different things. And so essentially when the students are at the zoo and we're going to get in with Aaron in a moment about, okay, tell me what a typical day might be. Right. But so when the students are in that environment, you are their go-to you're, you're their teacher, you're their herder, you're their facilitator and the end all and be all for their instruction. I so how how is it because folks are going to ask this is the thing that everybody's wondering you know how do the kids get their science credit and their math credit and their English credit how does how do all those components work and where do you Emily Cunningham that the the teacher for this program option where do you fit in that mix right so all told in in their two years of the program combined they will get six different classes I am the instructor for four of them oh. We have a group of juniors and a group of seniors, each taking three different classes um, each year. So basically, I teach four different preps. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like teachers will understand. Yep, absolutely. Um, I teach four preps at any given time, two for the juniors and two for the seniors. We have some other instructors from the Career Center that come out a few times a week, and they help. They teach the students with statistics and chemistry. All of those classes, they get high school credit and the statistics and chemistry, they actually get dual college credit as well. Excellent. Yeah. And so the the academic class that I teach is zoology, which mm-hmm. is a different science credit. Mm-hmm. And then um, their third class is their lab, which is the hands-on mm-hmm. component. Our juniors perform a research study based on observations of animals at the zoo. And then our seniors have internships where they work all around the zoo and at a few other offsite locations. And yeah, while they're out doing their research or participating in their internships, I obviously can't directly supervise all of them all at once. So that's where a lot of our animal care staff mm-hmm. at the zoo, you know, they're supervising the students. Some of the students are independent. It just, it's very, it's a lot of balls up in yeah. the air. And I am constantly walking around the zoo, checking in with them on various days and we also just have really great students. Um, we've never lost one. We've, you know, no one's ever gone out to do their observations and not come back. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have a pretty strict application mm-hmm. process. So we know that the students we get are going to be really committed and, and dedicated. Um, and they're great kids. And so it ends up working. It is so awesome. And I, I truly, truly am so jazzed about this program because it just speaks to me on so many different levels. And of course, I, I love because what we advocate at Pass for is all applied teaching and learning. And so, you know, anytime we get to, to talk about these programs, we get excited about it. So 
Aaron, I want to understand why did you, I mean, I'm going to assume, and maybe it's a poor assumption, that, you know, you have interest in zoo stuff, um, you know, exotic animal veterinary medicine or researcher, but I, I assume that you found your way into this program because you were interested and passionate about it, but but give us a little bit of background about why why you're in this program before we get into the nuts and bolts about how yeah. it works. Yeah, so um, I, you are correct. I do have an interest of working with animals. I'm going to OSU in the fall to major in zoology. Congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, I found out about the program actually through a former zoo school student who was also a teen volunteer at the Columbus Zoo. And I was a teen volunteer. And we were talking about just stuff during our lunch break one day in the summer. And he started talking about how he could name all of these mollusks, (laughs) like snails and, you know, octopi and stuff like that, and how he could name all of their scientific names. I was like, huh, I wonder where he learned that. And then he started telling me about zoo school. And I got really interested and so I applied the following year and I got in <laughs> and that's how I wound up here. And, and Aaron, how many, how many colleagues do you have? What's the size of your cohort? Do you know? Um, yeah. So 25 are accepted each year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my class, we have 22. Okay. Okay. So. And so, you know, earlier, right before we got started, there was a conversation around, you know, you get started at seven o'clock and you show up at the zoo. So are the two years of this program through the through the Delaware Area Career Center then um, largely held at the zoo? So so walk us through maybe, maybe just a, a simple day. Yeah. So we don't, we as a zoo school program don't often go to the career center. Mm-hmm. For seniors, the zoo school program is in the morning and for juniors, it's in the afternoon. So as a senior, I usually arrive at the zoo. We start at 7.30 and Miss Cunningham, some days she'll take us through zoology notes. Um, we learned about mammals and birds and reptiles this time around. And other days, we may go to our internships throughout the zoo. Those all usually start at about 8 o'clock. And so we'll spend two hours there. And that's our whole school day. Mm-hmm. And so then what, then do you go back to your home school in the afternoon? Or, or because of the nature of your program that you're, you're pretty much taken care of? And so then you just, the rest of the day is yours. Yeah. So after we leave the zoo at 10 o'clock, um, we all go back to our home high schools. I go to Kaufman mm-hmm. High School in Dublin. And there you, you know, you get the rest of your academic credit. So your English and math and history. Yeah. And that's the afternoon part of the school day. Okay, that helps me understand. Uh, so Emily, I think that that's an intriguing sort of distinction in terms of the program setup, right? That it's important for our listeners to understand because sometimes these programs are early colleges um, or middle right. colleges, and sometimes they're not. They're these hybrid programs. And I know you mentioned that you weren't there as the program initially started, but as you sort of run the program, where Talk to us a little bit about the things that you think, in addition to its unique location, I mean, your experience with the program, 
Um, I'm in your bio, you mentioned how fortunate you were to sort of stumble a, a, across this, right? I really want to want to yeah. understand sort of the joys of the program, both from the teaching aspect and where you really see the drive for the students. Yeah, like we've kind of described already. So our program is kind of half, you know, quote normal mm-hmm. high school where the classroom learning it's basically math and science. Is preparing academically for the next phase that they're going to go to, which for almost all of them is college. But that's not what sets us apart. It's the other half. And for the seniors, it's kind of, we have classroom days and then we have work days. Those work days are what set us Mm -hmm. apart. So about half the time that they're participating in zoo school, they're doing these amazing career-based experiences. So again, for the juniors, that means a research study. And it's not just a made-up assignment that we use to teach them how to do this. They are actually working for the zoo and attempting to answer questions that the animal care staff has. For example, maybe a zookeeper noticed that the animals aren't interacting with their enrichment as much as they used to. And they're curious which enrichment items are actually going to prompt the animals to get you know, more active, but they don't have the time to sit there every single day and collect the data and like the robust answers to these questions, but our students do. And so it becomes a win-win, you know, our students get the research experience and the zookeepers get hopefully the answer to the question that they've been wondering about. So I think the students really, you know, that helps them take ownership of their, of their projects that the keepers are counting on them mm-hmm. to come up with the answer this question. And then they end up presenting their research to the zookeepers. Um, and they will actually use them. Like we've had keepers request our students' projects and a year later because, you know, they want to submit a grant to get some new items for their enclosure, or they want to, you know, compare the behaviors they're observing now with what used to be happening a couple years ago. And that's not even getting to the internships. The internships, mm-hmm. they get different experience. So they've seen the research side and now they get to learn about animal husbandry and animal care. And the zookeepers, they know so much. They're so passionate about the animals that they care for. I definitely think the students learn learn more from the keepers Mm -hmm. than they do. (laughs) And you just can't do that at a regular high school. And like you said, they're they're working hard. I mean, taking care of animals is not really glamorous. Mm -hmm. There's poop involved and they get... (laughs) they're, you know, chopping up fish and it smells and, but, you know, for the students that end up going further in that particular field, they have the early experience Mm -hmm. that kind of gets their foot in the door. And for the students that don't take that path, that wind up, you know, going into something else, they still have this once in a lifetime experience of who else gets to work behind the scenes Mm -hmm. at the Columbus Zoo, spend their senior year, you know, like, preparing food for elephants or helping clean up after tigers. Yeah, no, absolutely. And those kids that don't end up doing that, you know, they know what they don't want to do. There is so right, much and value. they're not wasting money in college. Exactly. That's one of the things that I truly love about these programs. Um, some people refer to them as pathway programs or academies or, you know, um, it, it doesn't really matter what label folks put on it. I think one of the, the greatest value adds to the students is the fact that they got to actually try the thing that they think they 
they might want to do or be. And I saw this certainly one of my very first projects when we launched the Past Foundation 20 years ago this year, actually. Um, we worked with a zoo school in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska Zoo School. And I took the kiddos. So their research project was to go into the field with me into Yellowstone National Park. And we were um, actually doing an excavation in the uh, Firehole River, which is a thermal river environment. And, you know, the, that part's neither here nor there. But what was so awesome to me, and this is why I love the program, because it gets to your point around the flexibility with the research. So one of the things that happened while we were there is we we discovered an intriguing growth in the river that was happening around artifacts. And the kiddos were intrigued by it. They took it back to the zoo, used all the amazing resources and the researchers that were there at the zoo facility. And it turns out they found a new undiscovered sulfate-reducing bacteria. The kids got to do that, right? And it was hands-on and it was part of their science work for the whole year. And I still hear from some of those kids. So it was, it was really meaningful. Erin, as a senior, what is your internship project all about? What, do you, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you learning? What's your real experience? Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I'm going to be pretty biased, but I think I have the best internship. I work at the Surf and Safari Animal Show. So we have about 30 cats and 30 dogs that the zoo adopts from local humane societies and animal shelters. And we train them to do all sorts of tricks in a show. Like my favorite part is we have a few cats that are trained to go off of, I don't know, maybe a 10 foot high dive and jump into a keeper's arms, wow. which is pretty cool. <laughs> and we also have some exotic animals in this show. So we have kangaroos, some lemurs, a whole bunch of macaws and a porcupine among other animals. And so part of, well, the main part of my internship is to do the cleaning because at Surf and Safari, they do cleaning of the animals in the morning when I'm there and then the training in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten really familiar with kangaroos <laughs> um, and cats, especially, and how to clean up after them. And so if you think about how you're going to apply this experience, Erin, and you're getting ready to go into zoology at OSU in the fall, and it's going to be, you know, a, an epic journey for you from this moment on, what do you think are the key takeaways from this experience and the fact that you opted into this as your final program as a junior and a senior rather than just staying in your traditional high school or choosing another path that are going to be beneficial to you outside of the content? Because I, the content part's obvious, but I'm really, I suspect, right, that there is so much more that you've learned that has nothing to do with the content itself, right? Yeah, certainly being a zookeeper and taking care of animals is never glamorous. It involves a whole lot of dirty, smelly work, like Miss Cunningham said. But I've also gained a greater appreciation for it, just exactly how businesses with animals function you know, not specifically zoos or anything, just in general, how to work with other people that are also working with animals and their sort of relationship and a lot of the open communication that goes along with, you know, working with other keepers to make sure that all of the information is correct and that the animals are getting the best care possible. So certainly a lot of collaboration and teamwork and coordination 
goes on behind the scenes that if I had not been zoo school, I would have had no idea existed. I love that. And the fact that you led with the business and industry side of whatever your future career work is, I, you know, kids truly, truly rarely get the opportunity to understand that aspect. And I think that's incredibly powerful. So lucky for you. Emily, how do you, how do you capitalize on those pieces of the experience and the opportunity for the students because, you know, truly that is one of the things. And I've done many, many interviews over the years I'm with folks and been in a thousand different amazing uh, school settings. Um, and one of the hardest things is how to harness that, that the unique potential of that thing and sort of expand on that. So how do you do that, Emily, day to day with these kids? Yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities and We've expanded a lot. For example, the internship component really didn't exist when I started back in 2012. The students actually just did two different research projects, different years. And, you know, we sat back and we said, but there's so much more mm-hmm. on here and there's so many other opportunities. Like our, our big picture is careers dealing with animals, but that doesn't just have to be research. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, animal husbandry, animal training. It, could be, you know, we like to talk about, um, we take little tours around the zoo, like we go and visit the Animal Nutrition Center. Um, We visit the animal hospital. I mean, everyone knows about veterinary medicine and a lot of our students come in thinking that they want to be vets. Mm -hmm. So they get to see that, but no one ever, you know, thinks about being an animal nutrition specialist. So you know, we'll go and visit there and they see everything that goes into preparing the animal's diets and doing all the calculations for the different nutrients. And even just like looking at the binder of ordering all the supplies, Mm -hmm. feeding the 11,000 animals at the Columbus Zoo, like the students are fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. So just every little glimpse you can give them about different job opportunities and, you know, really what goes on behind the scenes to making this huge institution run. You know, we didn't get to do it this year, but because we have had to leave our <laughs> surely, but we'll go and visit like the the filter room. Like, you know, there's a whole team of people that do nothing but maintain all the sensors and filters and the alarms that go off, you know, for all the different mm-hmm. environmental conditions that the animals need to maintain their habitats. And, you know, Zoo is like a microcosm. Like, if you're interested in animals and interested in zoos, you don't necessarily have to be a zookeeper. Like, right. plumbers at the zoo, they have, mm-hmm. you know, people that do marketing and public relations at the zoo, they have everything. So, as and many that- experiences as we can give them, it's just the more, the more you know. <laughs> Well, I, I say that all the time. And that's, uh, at the end of the day, that is really the thing, right? Is by immersing these kids inside the thing that they're contemplating spending the rest of their life doing, you're, you know, they get to see all the complexity, the, all the pieces of it. And I, and I do love that. And clearly that um, made an impact, um, you know, for Erin, um, you know, as she, she thought about it and sort of led with that sort of industry piece. Again, I think that's really awesome because, you know, kids don't know what they don't know. And they come into any of these programs, to your point, with a very set idea of what 
that might be. They wanted to be uh, a zoo vet, or they you know, they wanted to be you know um, you know work with this particular sorts of species because I really like camels or whatever it happens to be. And I discover along the way that hey, maybe I want to be marketing for the zoo, and that that's an okay career path for me too. That lets mm-hmm. me do that thing. Aaron, so during so we're by the time this airs um, in, in late June, uh, you will have graduated and you will be prepping for whatever your first academic year at OSU looks like. Um, But during this time um, when everybody is having to learn from home, how how are you managing to continue your internship or has it stopped or stalled or was it modified? Let's talk a little bit about that because everybody's wrestling with that as it relates to, hey, what are we going to do for the fall? Yeah. So it is hard to continue an internship when we can't physically be at the zoo. But one of the parts that goes along with the internship are weekly journal entries Mm -hmm. that we do. Um, And so Ms. Cunningham comes up with a theme for each month. And it could be animal care or like animal nutrition and something like that. And we answer weekly questions about it. And so even though we're not still at the zoo, there are a bunch of online resources like the Association of Zoos and Aquariums website mm-hmm. that we can go to. And Miss Cunningham can say, hey, write a journal entry about information you found on polar bears from this AZA website. And we can go and do that. And we can answer specific questions on how, like, what it takes to make sure animals get the right nutrition and all the research that goes in behind that. So even though we're not physically present at our internships, we are still engaging in them by answering questions about topics that we were exposed to in our internships. That's excellent. And so Emily, from the teacher perspective, you know, teachers all around the world are scrambling right now. Yeah. Um, and 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 doing so quite admirably, I would like to point out. So so for you, how do you make the adjustment so that what's special and unique about this program isn't somehow lost? Because it's really hard when you're talking about these really applied programs. So what have been some of your strategies that you feel like are successful? Yeah, I mean, as as hard as it is for, quote, regular school, it's even more difficult for a career tech type program Mm -hmm. because the entire point is to be there and to be, you know, physically doing these jobs or having these experiences. And we kind of had to stop for our juniors that do a research study. It transitioned pretty seamlessly because, um, you know, the way research works is you plan everything, and then you collect your data, and then you analyze your data. So since we're at the end of the year, they're basically in the analyzing your data phase. Mm-hmm. Probably got a little bit less data than they would have if we were able to stick around at the zoo. Um, but they can just spend more time analyzing the data. And you know, so we're doing the same thing everyone else is with Zoom meetings and Teams meetings and um, communicating online, things like that. For the seniors who were doing their internships, like Aaron mentioned, that was very tough. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things they're most sad about is they didn't really get to say goodbye, you know, and wrap that up in the way that we normally would. When it was all happening, it was kind of crazy. Another, you know, since we're dealing with two different institutions, we have a school and then we have the zoo. 
we were, it seemed like it changed every single day. Like, well, this, mm-hmm. but if the zoo's still open, can we still go? And then, you know, the next day it was, well, no, we can't do school, but you can still do your internships if the zoo's open. And then the next day it was, oh, so now the zoo's not open. And right. <laughs> But the zoo's still functioning. So was there was there at some point a conversation around, because these are all complex issues to your point, mm-hmm. right? Was there potential or conversation for, hey, could these kids still participate somehow because the work at the zoo is still going on? That was essential. Right. But maybe the internship is not. So where's that balance in terms of the conversations? Because I think people would be really curious about how you guys resolved that question. Because it's a lot of questions. Yeah. I mean, apparent so from what I understand in the state of Ohio, career tech centers were actually given a little bit of a pass on certain things. Um, mm-hmm. students were already actively participating in employment or internships or something. They were allowed to continue, assuming that the you know business or organization mm-hmm. was still open. For us, the zoo ended up closing. But in the fall, it could look any number of ways. I mean, apparently, you know, assuming the zoo opens, then it kind of comes down to like right now, they're still in um, a situation where only full-time animal care staff Mm -hmm. allowed in there. So that means no students, no interns, no volunteers. I'm expecting that those restrictions will be eased up kind of step by step. Where we fit in there, I'm really not sure. I have a whole bunch of ideas swirling around. (laughs) You know, we have students that observe some of them just from a regular vantage point where any zoo guest could stand and watch. Mm -hmm. So those can continue. We might just have to cut back on some of our behind the scenes experiences. Um, The internships could potentially continue with, again, you know, only being out in the public yards and not behind the scenes where any food is prepped or things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I've been in contact with all the different regions. That's what the different areas are at the zoo. And I mean, they're all on board to do whatever it takes to have some sort of experiences for next year. Um, I think it's just going to take a lot of coordination and creativity and being willing to change at the last minute flexibility and passion to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Aaron, as we sort of wrap up our conversation here, um, what, what advice do you have for students that are thinking about opting into a unique program? Is there anything that you wish that you had known or some pieces as you went through that, you're like, oh, this is something that folks should understand and, and should be shared as, as other folks are contemplating, Hey, should I, should I, turn this this way and do this thing because the experience I will get out of it. Yeah. My advice is definitely just go for it because you don't want to, at least I don't want to live my life with regrets and <laughs> I don't want to say, oh, I wish I, wish I would have done this program, but I didn't. Another thing I would say is I feel like some career tech programs have some stigmas mm-hmm. around them. This, you know, oh, you don't want to go and do that program because, you know, people will think you're weird because you're not the traditional high school student. And I had some of those reservations. But I mean, once I was in the zoo, the zoo school program, I so quickly flew past those. Oh, she's kind of weird. She doesn't spend all her day at high school 
because I was just having so much fun and I was learning so much and just enjoying my high school experience. I think way more than if I had stayed on the traditional high school route. So yeah, my advice is just absolutely go for it, you know, all in 100% and you'll have a lot of fun. Well, that's a pretty ringing endorsement there, Emily. <laughs> um, even in the midst of all of this for uh, for Aaron to be, you know, opting to send send students into a great program. So same question to you, you know, um, teachers that are out there contemplating, should I get involved in unique programs like this? Or should I start one, right? Not every community has a zoo, but lots of places have other things. And I, what I love about these programs and the reason that we do learn Learning Unboxed is because we really, really want folks to sit back, look, look around what they have in their own communities and say, could I create and be innovative in teaching and learning right now today because I could do this thing over here? So it's the launch that's always so hard. So what's your recommendation to a teacher listening to this saying, I want to be just like Emily because I want, I want students like Aaron to say, oh my God, do this thing. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about a career-focused program is you have students that you know want to be there and just seeing them realize things and learn things and really take what you teach them and then actually do it. It's extremely rewarding and it's really fun. Um, The other thing that really I love is we start every new incoming class with 25 juniors and they come from you know, 15, 16 different schools all around central Ohio. They don't know each other. Mm-hmm. The end of senior year, they are such good friends. They make lifelong friendships because they all are into the same things. So, I mean, those are my big favorites, I guess, is I love, I enjoy the content. You know, it's something I'm really passionate about. And so getting to talk about it every day is, can't imagine, you know, much that would be better. So if you have something that you really are interested in and you think other people might be able to learn from that, go for it. You'll get to talk about what you love all day long. Impart that on a bunch of impressionable young people (laughs) to love it too. And then actually see them do it and watch them grow and make friends. And you'll get to spend your time at a really cool organization. You know, I, I get to spend all day at the zoo. What would be better? So I, I sign me up. Yeah, like yeah. you said, if it's a zoo, great. If it's some other, you know, nature center, parks facility or something, like you get to be there and you get to be creative and use what's around you to teach what you love. The students all want to be there. They've applied and you know they've chosen to be there. And it's really just pretty great. It sounds wonderful. And when this all over, I um, I want to come visit. I want to I want to come see see you guys in action. Absolutely. Uh, one yeah. Day. So, thank you so much ladies for um for spending time uh, with me today and and talking about your experience is so exciting and um best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.